from Irish Arts Center. In 2020, as the world shifted from its normal, busy pace to life under lockdown, Irish Arts Centre commissioned 26 artists across many different disciplines to create new work. The project is called Grosta, Grace and Uncertainty. We specifically asked people to reflect on what good could come out of so much chaos and anxiety. You can see and hear the commissions at irishartscentre.org. Today, as part of Carnegie Hall's Voices of Hope Festival, Irish Arts Center is presenting a new piece by composer Kaya Cater called Fear. As Kaya told us, it's meant to help people begin to process all the emotions of this era, and it urges us to ask, how would you communicate with future generations about this time? What would you want them to know? So we'll hear Kaya's piece. But first, Rachel Gilkey, Irish Arts Center's Director of Programming and Education, talked with Kaya to hear more about the work and the last year under lockdown. I think for me, it's been a constant cycle of feeling anchored in routine or whatever, um, what have you. And then I think feeling completely uprooted. So I think that the sort of trickery of this year has been that every time I feel like I've got it figured out, I wake up the next morning and my brain says, no, you don't. I've moved two times uh, since the start of the pandemic. I started the pandemic living in Brooklyn and like many people just quickly lost a lot of work, all of my work and, you know, just made the decision that I had to come back to Canada. So I think I'm still wrestling with all of the changes that this year has brought. I still feel the peaks and valleys of being like anxious or depressed But I think through that, music has definitely been a constant and something that I can revert back to at any point. And so that's, I think, more than a sense of place. Uh, Music has been just like a way that I've been processing this year plus. Thank you for sharing that. And though we didn't specifically ask this with the Grasta Commission, you have chosen to compose something but you've also chosen to include some additional writing that you've done during this time. Can you talk a little bit about why you responded in that way with those two formats coming together? What I've often presented has been, in in recorded music, has always been a, a finished product, so something that's been very processed, you know, I've like thought about the lyrics and I've rewritten them and then, you know, we've arranged the song and then recorded the song and then gone back countless amounts of times to, you know, pitch correct or make sure that everything sounds a certain way. And I wanted to present a different element of the process of coming up with my piece. And so in the beginning of the pandemic, I had actually taken a month off to write And so I was writing through the middle of March and I looked back at my songs and, and, you know, these like bits of poetry that I wrote and I could see that they were increasingly consumed with the anxiety of the pandemic. And so I just wanted to share that with listeners 
it wasn't this thing where I could absorb, you know, the news and then write something poetic. It was just, I was scared and I didn't know what was happening. And so I just wanted to include an element of that raw sort of anxiety in the piece. That's a big part of why I called it fear. It's funny because I I feel like this project kind of mirrors my, I mean, I want to say evolution, but it it feels less directional than that. I think it's an expansion. Growing up in the folk world in Canada, uh, I started playing acoustic instruments very young, and I sort of flipped into this role of being a songwriter and a singer and an instrumentalist for sure. But I was really scared to branch out of that. For example, to try and produce my own music or write music for other projects or, you know, even play in other projects. I really felt limited in that way. And with the pandemic, I think I've realized that nobody really knows what they're doing. (laughs) And the best way to learn and, and to become to become the person you want to be or to, to acquire the skill set that you want to have is just to do it and learn along the way and, and try and stay humble and be honest about what you don't know and ask a lot of questions. And so this project inspired me to, to produce my own song, which I have in this piece. And I'm also studying film composing to, to produce more music for other folks. And I don't necessarily know if that path would have been as clear to me had the pandemic not occurred because I was in such a busy and such a hamster wheel of writing, recording, and then touring that I, I, don't, I don't think I at that point had the courage to step out of that and be new at something again. Actually, as you kind of look ahead, have you thought about how this period of time and these things that you've just shared you've been processing and learning how that might adjust or change how you go back to an artistic life once we get past this moment together? I hope to go back to my artistic life in a way that's not strictly about consumerism and profit margins. I think a lot of the time on tour, you're really trying to maximize your time on the road. And so you're not taking many days off you're staying in the cheapest places that you can. It's really just about making enough money to then live on while you're off the road. And that really had a caustic effect on my mental health. And I think the reason that I'm branching out so much and why this project is really welcome at this time in my life is that maybe I can choose to live another way. Like maybe I can choose to tell my team that we need two days off the road, you know, and and try and live in a more humanistic way and see myself less as a brand um, and an artist and and more as a human and a creator. And I've certainly enjoyed that part of being off the road, of being able to turn off that side of my brain, which is constantly saying, hey, capitalize on this, capitalize on this, capitalize on this. And so I really want to bring that understanding, that new understanding into my life moving forward. Right. And how does this make you think about collaboration 
as you branch into other forms? I think collaboration is essential. I talked a little bit about how I have in the past and still am really scared, I think, to collaborate with other people because you put yourself in such a vulnerable place. And it's hard to know whether you're gonna connect with somebody creatively. But I think that the moments that I have connected with people has made it worth it, you know? Like, uh, there are fellow composers in my film program, and, and all we do all day is give each other feedback. And I always felt like that might be a really unsafe place to be, but I love it because it comes from a place of genuine support. And so I just want to keep that door open in my brain and, and not shut it because of worries that something might fail, you know? So can you tell us what people should know about what they're going to hear? I think that people should know that there's a lot of grief in the song. I think it's a general sort of meditation on this past year. And really, just in a very basic way, not even in a hokey way, just the level at which we depend on each other, even when we would rather not honestly depend on each other, depend on one another, we have to in a certain sense, I think, in order to fight systems that we swim in every day. You know, there's this quote, white supremacy is not the shark, it's the water. And I think that's very similar to capitalism, colonialism. It surrounds us every day and we're in it. Yeah, I just think it, ta- it genuinely takes all of us to fight against those systems, even and especially when we benefit from them. And so, yeah, I think the pandemic was just like even further a uh, reminder of how much we are connected and, and how how serious that is and how serious that needs to be taken. The final line of the song, I wish you would just care for me. Can you talk about how that came to be? I started the song in March of 2020, and I finished it about 10 months later. And this line, I wish you would care for me, was in and out of the song, truly, because part of me thought it was too blunt, part of me thought it was not poetic enough. But I put it at the end because I I think that's what I want to leave people with, is the sense that we need to care for each other and, and care for ourselves. And it's a reminder, I think, to myself in the song that, you know, caring for ourselves and for each other is not frivolous. It's essential. And, and it's what's going to give us the power and the energy to fight against these systems that surround us every day and that are in us, really. And I think with the pandemic, it was devastating for a lot of people, and I don't want to pin a silver lining on it, and I won't. But the time that I had away from the road helped me reframe how I see myself and and what I need from my community and what I can give to my community. And and at the end of the day, there's a line in, in the song, all my friends are aching. And it's really this call, like people are hurting and we have to help each other And we have to be there for each other, you know, even if it's just standing beside somebody. So, yeah, care for me.
This piece is called Fear. How can I hold on to my best thinking when others are panicking? I can do some deep breathing and operate logically. How can I be a resource to others without becoming over-responsible for them? I can provide the energy I have while also being conscious of its depletion and my duty to myself to take time to focus and process through what's happening by relaxing on my own. This is not selfish. How can I share my thinking without trying to force others to follow it? I can express a thought or notice without being attached to the other person's reaction or how they're dealing with the crisis in their own way. How do I know when I'm anxiously avoiding the problem? I keep as busy as possible with no time to reflect or process. How might I automatically rely on others to reassure me or calm me down? I present a problem and ask them to fix it. I look to them and only them for my source of comfort when it could come from other things around me or from within me. We live parallel lives, our eyes on the signs that move us from left to right. But for any binding to sever, there's a wreck and a record. Which one am I? If the fixer is fake. Glass doesn't shatter. Does the banner yet away? There's no justice, it's just us, baby. Work conductors for one another, copper in the gravy. Spit it out, cotton mouth, all the venom you've been saving. There's a masked man with a stone in each hand Weighing my favors and faults Marking them down in a ledger If I gave you the count With my grievances all laid out Would you own the sum or come undone? The payments hit late never shatters the ladders only snake there's no justice it's just us baby we're conductors for one another copper in the gravy all your lily livered years spent in quiet while bias nursed
so much for listening. That piece is called Fear, and I hope that it gave you a little bit of relief or release. You've been listening to Fear, written by Kaya Cater, produced by Kaya Cater and Andrew Ryan, featuring Kaya Cater on synths and piano, Andrew Ryan on synths and piano, and Kevin Matthews on drums. Grosta, Grace and Uncertainty, is a production of Irish Arts Center. Special thanks for our theme music, Ina Valley Rockin' the Boat, by Martin O'Connor, Cottle Hayden, and Patrick Doucet. Irish Arts Center is proud to present this podcast as part of Carnegie Hall's Voices of Hope Festival. Irish Arts Center digital programming is provided free of charge and supported by listeners like you. To make a tax-deductible contribution, or to learn more about Irish Arts Centre programming and our Grosta Commission series, visit irishartscentre.org. You can also sign up to receive alerts about the state-of-the-art new Irish Arts Centre opening in Hell's Kitchen later this year. That's irishartscentre.org. And thank you. Thank you.